for your many blessings and for the opportunity, Lord, to praise you, to glorify you, Lord Jesus, and for the tithes and the offerings, Lord, for the lives, the healthy lives that you give us, Lord, even though at times we might find ourselves physically speak, uh, sick, Lord, but you heal, heal us spiritually, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. And we just continue helping us, Lord, strengthening us, Lord. We give you thanks for the word in advance. Uh, we ask you to help us, Lord, to listen to it, uh, to absorb it all, Lord Jesus, and put it to practice in our lives. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you for everything you do, Lord. Amen. Praise. So God bless you. Vamos a aquí le paso el el culto de hermano Gabriel, amén. Amen. God bless everyone, brothers and sisters. Y'all may be seated. God bless the group. Praise God. Amen, amen. No sé cómo dice en español el título, pero dice aquí, ¿cómo que dice? Controlar menos, confiar más. Amen. The title of today's message is to, for us to learn a couple of valuable lessons, and and sometimes we, um, sometimes we think we're in control of things that we have no control over. Uh, and the best understanding and wisdom God can give us is to understand that we don't have control over those things, that he has control over those things. Muchas veces, hermanos, uh, creemos que estamos en control de cosas que no estamos en control. Porque Dios tiene el control. Uh, y queremos hablar esta noche de esas cosas. Uh, para que el Señor puede dar paz en nuestras vidas en cosas que no podemos cambiar o no tenemos control. Uh, y podemos confiar más en Él. Uh, the message tonight, brothers, is for us to gain more peace and confidence in things that he's in control of and things that we should be at peace because he's in control of. Uh, that understanding and wisdom that he can give us in this is power for us, amen? And that's the power that uh, we're going to ask uh, him to give us through wisdom. Uh, amen. I'm not sure if the the youth or the kids are going to have class tonight, but if you guys are, you guys are more than welcome to go. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you guys, praise the Lord. ¿Cuántos se gozaron el domingo, hermanos, con el play? Amen. Was it worth the wait? Amen, it was. Praise the Lord. God bless uh, everybody uh, and and the kids and everything that they did. If you guys can keep uh, Tristan in prayer, uh, he was not feeling well today. Um, and so... Uh, just to not be risking uh, getting others sick, uh, Sister Jennifer and him stayed home, so if you guys can keep him in prayer. Se pueden orar por Tristan y la hermana Jennifer. No se sentó Tristan bien ahora. Y se pueden orar por él. Y como dijo Lorenzo, que podemos seguimos orando por Margie y Richard. Hablé con Richard ayer y está de ansias de ver todos. Uh, pero está sanando el hermano Margie y, y también visitamos como miraron todos uh, el hermano René y hermana Donna sí que seguimos orando por ellos y todos que no están aquí amén 
Uh, let's keep uh, Sister Margie, Brother Richard, uh, and um, Brother Renee and Sister Donna, and those that aren't here, Hermana Tina and uh, Hermana Maria and Hermana Lupita. Uh, right now it's the season, brothers, where you got to take care of yourselves, make sure you cover your heads, make sure the vitamin C, I always say vitamin C, and I don't even get paid by them. By them. It's a vitamin. I don't think they would pay you, but uh, take it. Make sure you cover yourself up, uh, especially the ones that are menos de pelo up up like me. Make sure you're covering your head uh, so you can stay healthy. Amen. Uh, I believe God has a word for us tonight, brothers and sisters, because the effect that it had on me personally. Uh, I love it when God speaks to things that I'm going through uh, and things that I need. And I love when he touches my life. And yesterday when we are there at Brother uh, Renee's house, uh, he really touched my life seeing him, a man that's struggling right now, um, wanting to praise God and worship God. Uh, Sister Donna, that they are maintaining themselves in their faith. That being said, um, I believe that God uh, speaks through us through trials and tribulations. I had an opportunity to speak to uh, Brother Renee privately on those things. Um, and, and God bless brother Renee for the willingness to be able to listen, uh, in, in this stuff. Uh, there's two things that I want us to think about tonight. I want us to think about two methods for God to work in our lives. Amen. Those two methods that God works in our lives is he teaches us through his word. If we learn, then we're blessed. Amen. But he also teaches us through experience. Amen. So it's, it's kind of like having a manual to something that you could put together. Or you decide to throw the manual and try to put it together yourself. Everybody has experienced that. It doesn't work out so well sometimes, right? You're like, where's that manual at? So either you're going to learn by what God offers through the word, or you're going to go through an experience to gain experience. Amen. It's however you want to learn. It's however you want to be taught. Are you a person that can be in agreement to God's word? Or are you a person that has to experience the word? Some of us, we don't know why we're going through something until we realize that God had outlined it in our lives, but we just didn't learn from it. God had spoken in, through his word and we didn't understand it or it to practice so I want us to think about that tonight as we go through the word of God amen that we have an opportunity right now for God to teach us through his word the experiences from the prophets the experiences from disciples the experiences from stories in the Bible of people that might have been rebellious at times these are great lessons for us to learn and as we stand, as we sit here, brothers and sisters, hearing these things that we pray to God, that we can learn from these examples, amen? So we don't have to experience what some of them experienced. I would like for us to turn to Isaiah 41.10, if we can. No temas que yo soy contigo. No desmayes que yo soy tu Dios. Te, que te esfuerzo. Siempre te ayudaré, siempre te sostentaré con la diestra de mi justicia. 
fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Many of us have read this verse before and we know it. It's one of our favorite verses. It's one of our favorite verses that sometimes we forget while we're going through something. It's one of our favorite verses that sometimes we lose track of it in the middle of the storm. Our God is faithful in his love towards us. If we truly believe our God is there with us, then it doesn't matter what's in front of us. We confide that his word is true and his love is true for us. So we must bring this to practice, the word. And we must do what he says not here, not to fear. Muchos de nosotros, hermanos, sabemos esa escritura. Escritura. Lo hemos leído, lo, lo hemos practicado en nuestras vidas. Pero cuando ven, viene el tribulación, los olvidamos de él. Cuando viene el temor, los olvidamos de lo que ha dicho Dios aquí. Y debemos a confiar en su palabra. Debemos a buscar de su palabra en esos momentos. Pero lo que pasa es muchas veces, como ha hablado el pastor, que estamos entrando en un carro que está manejando Dios. Y a veces no le gustamos el camino que está manejando porque tiene muchas lomas. Tú crees que no es el mejor camino, pero Dios lo está manejando. Y Él sabe todo. Y qué pasa es que lo, dice, lo dijimos a Dios. Yo puedo manejar porque yo quiero manejar en un diferente camino. Que no tiene ta, tanto uh, loma. Que no hay tanto temor. Pero Dios sabe que es por un momento nomás. Es como cuando yo estoy volando. Y se comienza a temblar el avión. Yo siempre pienso que tenemos un Dios que sabe todo, que creó el hombre que está uh, volando el avión, que creó la, la esencia del hombre que hizo el avión y que Dios sabe todo. Porque la confianza debe ser siempre en Él. You know, brothers and sisters, we must believe when it says for us not to fear not. We must believe that God is in control. And I like the example that Pastor talks about of when God's driving, that we must sit back and trust that he is on the right path. Even though there's heels, even though there's curves, even though there's fear, how, we're dri- how he's driving and the speed he could be driving at, it's God in control. Even though we don't know the destination, we know he knows what's best for us. So when these moments come in our life, when we, when we have doubt, when we have hopelessness, we must go to his word to find the confidence and find what he has put in us and the trust that we must find in him. 
a while back, I um, had a preaching that I went over, and if we turn to Psalms 23.1, I went through some very impactful verses that David wrote. As I did a little bit more research in this passage, and we know this famous passage, another famous passage from David, which is Psalms 23.1, amen? And it reads, Jehová es mi pastor, nada me faltará. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Aquí estamos leyendo un escritura que escribió David. Y en esa escritura, aquí podemos ver que Dios estaba guiando a David en un momento que él era rey. Él era ya rey, no, no estaba guardando las ovejas ya para su padre. Cuando escribió el capítulo 23. Es importante entender eso, hermanos. We can see here that in Psalms 23, David gives reference to something he had experience in. You see, he used to tend his father's sheep. We, we read this in 1 Samuel 16, chapter 16. We know this when he was standing before Goliath and Saul, he spoke to Saul and he told him what he did and how the lion and the bear approached him. But David understood one thing, that he was not in control of his life, but that God was in control of his life. You see, David was now in a new position in his life. This new position in his life meant that he had rule over people, but he had to understand that God had rule over him. You see, it don't matter what status you're at or where you're at in your life. There always has to be dominion of God over us. Because when we lose that, then that's when our world crumbles. That's when our world falls apart. Es importante entender aquí, hermanos, que David era rey cuando escribió Salmos 23. Pero él tenía el experiencia de ser un pastor de oveja para su padre. Podemos leer eso en 1 de Samuel 16. Cuando lo estaban buscando a los hermanos de, de David. Y, lo, y, y acabaron con los siete y le preguntó Samuel no tienes otro si sí, tengo otro pero está haciendo está guardando las ovejas no está aquí pero David entendió una cosa siendo un pastor de oveja que Dios era su pastor y que él le guía en lo que necesitaba hacer. Que él tenía dominión. ¿Cómo? Dominio. De su vida. La pregunta que tengo para ustedes esta noche. Es que está en control de tu vida. Que tiene tu mente. Es temor. Es no teniendo esperanza, esperanza en algo. Porque lo que tiene control en tu vida está motivando tus decisiones, tu ánimo. 
Porque nosotros no estamos creados para tener control Los creó Dios a nosotros para que Él los, guía, Él los puede guiar nuestros corazones Él abra puertas, Él abra camino What is in control of your life right now? What is on the top of your mind right now? Because that is what's dictating your life right now. Your unhappiness right now. And it starts to affect everything. It stinks. You don't really realize that what's in your mind and what's controlling you stinks. You make people around you not enjoy you. And that's the truth. Hate to break it to you. But the moment that you let go and you do let God take over what he has control. And this is what David understood here. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Lord has dominion. The Lord tells me where to go. I follow him. He has a staff that protects me. But he says something very important that identifies it. I shall not want. So sometimes we come here and we speak, you know, God, you are my God. Jesus, you are my God. Yet we still have want. A veces, hermanos, con nuestros labios decimos, Dios, tú eres Dios, Jesús, tú eres Dios. Dios es mi vida. Pero todavía tenemos que el querer en necesidad. Y no debemos tener eso. Pero somos humanos, hermano Gabriel. Yo entiendo eso, pero la confianza debe pesar más, más que el querer. La confianza en Dios. ¿Y dónde viene la confianza en Dios? En su palabra. Más que lo entendemos, más que lo practicamos, más viene la confianza. What comes with trusting God in his word is reading it and understanding it and practicing it. The more you do that, the more you push away not trusting God. And I really believe not trusting God is not knowing God. Yo creo que no confiando en Dios es no conociendo a Dios. When you don't know God, then of course you're not going to trust him. But when you've experienced God, you start to build that trust. And the thing is, it's not only up to him to build it with us, like Pastor talked about on Sunday, it's up to us to also build it with him. It's also us to show fruits of trusting him. Sacrifices of trusting him. La pregunta es, hermanos, ¿estás enseñando que tenés confianza en Dios? Lo estás enseñando con decisiones. Lo estás enseñando con los frutos. Que yo te confío, yo confío Dios en, en, yo te creo Dios en lo que me dices. Yo estoy practicando lo que, uh, yo estoy aprendiendo aquí Dios. Porque no conocer a Dios es no creerlo. No conocer a Dios es no practicar sus mandamientos, la palabra. Y podemos leer aquí que David, en una posición que era miedo besoso en su vida, 
Era, era algo guardando. La cosa que es bien interesante de David. Que él era el primer rey. Yo sé que voy a tener gente aquí que va a buscar. Que tuvo Israel. Oh oh. Que Dios escojó. Escogió. Pero cómo puede ser eso si Saúl era el primer rey. La cosa es que el gente los escogió a él, a Saúl. Y, y, y la cosa que, que no captivamos, que Dios no quería rey para Israel. El pueblo de Israel quisieron un rey. Porque los otros países tuvieron reyes. Y conocemos eso en los libros de jueces. You see, brothers and sisters, a lot of us don't know that David was the first king of Israel chosen by God. Saul was the first king of Israel chosen by the people. You see, God didn't want a king for Israel. But the people wanted it because other countries around them had kings. And you learn this in the book of Judges. And because the people felt like they weren't as secure as other countries, because other countries had kings. And this is very important to understand because God was wanting to have dominion over his people, but their people wanted something physical. They didn't realize that God had been king since the beginning. The control they wanted from somebody sitting from a throne, not understanding that somebody was sitting in an eternal throne. So we turn to Samuel 16.10. First Samuel 16.10. Voltamos, hermanos, para Primera de Samuel 16.10. Y hizo pasar Isaí sus siete hijos delante de Samuel. Mas Samuel dijo a Isaí, Jehová no ha elegido a estos. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. Now, brothers and sisters, how many of us can relate to David? Hermanos, ¿cuántos de nosotros podemos, how do you say, relate? ¿Cómo? Le racional. Oh, ok, está bueno. Yo te entendí. Con David. Vino Samuel y el padre de David, Jesse, ¿cómo se dice? Isaí. Llamó siete de sus hijos, pero dejó David, no lo invitó a David. How many of us can relate, relate to David in these moments? You see, Jesse asked for his seven sons, not eight sons, to come, but left David out.
And you see, some of us would think, what kind of relationship did David have not only with his brothers, but with his father? Podemos pensar, ¿qué tipo de relación tuvo David con su padre y sus hermanos? Que cuando estaba una persona que iba a escoger por Dios el rey, el rey de Israel, que ni su papá pensó en David. So, you have seven brothers that are in line that Samuel's going through with Jesse, and none of them are who. Jesus had picked who God had picked as the next king. And Samuel scratching his head saying, well, I know God told me to come to this house, but I don't see, you know, Jesse, do you have anyone else? And he goes, well, I've got one that's in the field. And we keep on reading here, verse 11. Sigamos leyendo aquí, hermanos. Entonces dijo Samuel a Isaí, ¿Hanse acabado los mozos? Y él respondió, aún queda el menor que apacienta que, que, las ovejas. Y dijo Samuel a Isaí, envía porque él, envía por él, porque no nos asentaremos a la mesa hasta que él venga aquí. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit till he come hither. Now, hermanos, yo quiero decir una cosa. Siete hermanos. Siete hermanos. Pasó Samuel por siete hermanos. Y Samuel creyó que unos de ellos, este es él. Él se mira como un rey. Y también podía pensar el padre de David, Isaí, que o no, este va a ser el rey de Israel. Pero no sabían. Lo que Dios estaba buscando. You know, it's interesting. Seven people went through this election process, and none of them were elected. But the eighth one, that wasn't even there. You know, it's like it's like you think there's corruption in elections now. Everybody's saying all these things here in the U.S. How corrupt is that? Not even being invited to the putting your name in the ballot but God was in control and it doesn't matter what the odds are God had a purpose for this it was the character of David that got God's attention And his character was that he confided and trusted in God. And you can read it in, all, in a lot of his psalms that he wrote to God. As he was there by himself, probably pondering, depressed, 
because his brothers, his family could have shunned him, as we can see an example here. But he knew that God was faithful to him. He knew if anything kept him warm at night, it was God. And he was faithful. So it doesn't matter what's up against us. As you can see here, God still had the final say. And we keep on reading here in verse 12. Sigamos leyendo aquí, hermanos, en versículo 12. Envió pues por él el introdu... ¿Cómo dices? Introdujolo. El cual era rubio, de hermoso parecer, y de veo aspecto. Entonces Jehová dijo, levántate. ¿Y qué? Ungelo que este es. I find that pretty interesting. Because it says here, and he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and, and goodly to, to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. Now, now that being said, when you read the first brother, he said, Man looks at what? The outside appearance, but God looks at what? He gave that example to the first brother, but right here it describes David as being, even though he was young and strong, he still had a good appearance. Because see, there was something that was motivating God more than just his appearance, is that there was also an internal appearance that David shined in. And God could see this in this person, in his character. Even though everything was against him, he was still faithful to God. Even though seven brothers were invited and he wasn't, he was still faithful to God. And we've read this story before and we understood this. If you haven't read it before, read this chapter and the next chapter. Some pivotal chapters here. Actually, the story of David is pivotal. But you start to read that, what does he do? Samuel leaves. And see, Samuel was struggling with some things. What do you think Samuel was struggling with? Samuel was struggling because God told him Saul wasn't going to be king anymore. And Samuel didn't want that to happen. Samuel didn't understand why he couldn't see what God was telling him because Samuel was a what? A prophet. And there was a disconnection there. He should have seen that before God told it to him. He wasn't understanding why he was battling this thing. So Samuel leaves and David goes right back to doing what he was doing. We've had this preaching before, brothers and sisters. David didn't think that he was the king already and stand by his brothers. He didn't have a Joseph moment and say, hey, I had a dream and you guys all bowed down to me. What did David do? He got anointed with oil Then he went right back to the field to tend the sheep. You see, character is very defining, especially when you know you're not in control. When you know you're not in control, you trust in God so much that you said, all right, God, I heard what you told me to do. I'll wait for you to open the door for me to do it. I'm going back to what I've been doing that's pleasing you. Are what we doing, or is what we're doing pleasing God? Because see, 
God will always have a plan to open doors for you. God will always have a plan to move mountains for you. But we have got to trust in him. And we see David's trust here, his confidence here to God, that he goes right back to work. And then we start to read here in chapter 17. If we turn to 1 Samuel 17, 45. Even though David went right back to work, David call, uh, Jesse calls David and says, Jess, uh, David, I need you to take some food to your brothers for they're in battle. What an interesting relationship. Or maybe the Bible's just very cold on how it describes it. Jesse finds out David's going to be the next king, and yet Jesse still treats David. Or is it that David didn't care about that, and that's why God loved him so much? Because it wasn't his physical father that determined how he was inside, that he was still going to be, and he was still going to honor his father. It's an interesting relationship here. Some of us struggle with relationships we have. Some of us have, have had dysfunctional upbringings. This is pretty dysfunctional, as you see already. And it was dysfunctional. You start to look into David's relationship with his brothers more and more. Sometimes we've got to look into the Bible to find that people have had it worse than we have. But the people that had it worse, when they trust in God the most, God used them. And there's power in dysfunction too. Because it pushes you closer to God. To trust him more and love him more. But we read here in 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. 46. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now, brothers and sisters, when David got there with the food for his brothers, he saw that there was a ruckus there, and he asked, what's going on here? And they all told him. And they, you know what the first thing David tells him? And he goes, how can this uncircumcised person come at us that we have a living God now what's interesting about circumcision back then that was a covenant with God and basically what David was saying is how can this man that does not have a relationship like we have a relationship with God come at us you see David was already in his mind balancing who was going to be in control in this battle because how could this boy or this young man have more trust and confidence to go into battle than people there with experience? 
Some of you ask yourselves, how can I in this moment have control over this thing or give control to God? But see, David already understood what many of the Israelites should have understood is that there was a covenant with God with them. And see, David used that more as faithfulness. We're faithful to God, so God's going to be faithful to us. We're faithful to God, so God's going to be faithful to us. And that's what took him into battle. But I find it very interesting, brothers and sisters, because it says that David picked up five rocks and he only used one rock, right, to bring down Goliath. But see, sometimes in our journey with Christ, we bring down problems. But right here in this verse, David tells Goliath what he's going to do to him. And see, that's the problem that we sometimes encounter with giants that come into our lives. You see, God is in control, but sometimes when we have victory over our giant, we don't cut its head off. It wasn't a sign that David just thought. It was because he was going to eliminate the problem forever. And for us, having this confidence in God that he's in control is God giving us the wisdom when giants fall before us, that they will be finished. We must trust that the giants that are before us will be finished. Me gusta el ejemplo que dice aquí que David dijo al gigante que vas a morir y que también voy a cortar tu cabeza. Porque es importante, hermanos, que gigantes caen, pero que también no se levantan otra vez en nuestras vidas. Y la confianza que debemos tener es que Dios va a estar siempre con nosotros, como estaba con David. Una persona que estaba comenzando, que Dios le usaba. Y una persona también que sufrió con cosas que nosotros sufremos. Era bien dependiente en personas, porque no tuvo Amor cuando estaba creciendo con su familia. ¿Cómo puedes decir eso, Graviel? Sa Saúl lo, qu lo quiso matar y todavía estaba fiel a Saúl. ¿Cómo es eso? ¿Lo quiso matar con un, cómo se dice, spear? ¿Lanza? ¿Lanza? Lo quiso matar con un lanza y como David no lo prendió. Y ya me debo ir. Se quedó ahí. Porque él estaba dependiente en personas también. Y estaba sufriendo adentro. Y por eso puedes leer los salmos y leer que, que él tuvo problemas. We can read here, brothers and sisters, and David was a person that suffered and he was very dependent on people because of his upbringing being kind of outcasted by his family, the things we read about. So you can see here when Saul wanted to kill him, he still, it took a little bit before he 
really understood I need to get out of here. And it was because he, he, he was a person that, you know, was good-hearted in these things too, but he was still struggling inside. He was a person that was valiant and courageous, but yet he was, and you could read him in the Psalms, struggling and needed God's help. But you read there in Psalms 23 that he understood that he was in control, God was in control. Because the moments that he, he wanted to be in control, he would fall into a, a pit of depression. As we could fall into a pit of depression when we don't have things that we have voids in our lives. If depression comes over you and visits you, it's because you haven't given God control or accepted what God has planned for you. We could look back in our life and scratch our head and say, what if, what if? Or we could start looking at our life from now on and saying, what if, what if? What if I listen to God? What's he going to do? What if I'm faithful to God? What's he going to open? The devil wants us to always reflect on things that we need. God wants us to reflect on things that he has planned for us. And he has mighty things planned for us. Amen. If we turn to Romans 8, 28. Y sabemos que a los que a Dios aman, todas las cosas les ayudan a bien. Es a saber a los que conforme al propósito son llamados. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Podemos leer aquí, hermanos, que la confianza que debemos tener, si amamos a Dios, vamos a ser fiel a Dios. Vamos a dejar que su palabra penetre en lugares que están escondidos dentro de nosotros, como dijo David. Como dijo David, que, que Dios le, bus, le buscaba en, dentro de él las cosas que no estaban bien en su vida. Muchas veces, queriendo el control nosotros, no estamos buscando el, el de cambiar o dejar cosas viejas ya. Porque queremos control, no queremos dar a Dios el control. No aceptamos cosas que son deteniéndonos de recibir de Dios. Many of us aren't, aren't looking to God for change anymore because we're in control. When God's in control, we accept the word when it comes and it corrects us and it exhorts us. We accept when tribulations come and we understand it's because of how we are and who we are. We can't blame it on people anymore. When the blame starts with us, the moment you can accept it is the moment when change happens. Are you struggling with control in your life? Are you struggling with God's plan for you, your life? 
Because David could have fell into a deep depression saying, geez, seven of my brothers were at the house. How odd was that that I wasn't? But David knew that God had a plan for him. David knew he trusted in God. He had one of those whatever moments. Instead of it holding on to him and weighing him down. For seven people to be in front of him. David had confidence that God was in control. Our confidence must be that God is in control. Why? Because if we love him, then we believe this. We believe that things work together for the good. That moment that you start to trust more in what God's final say is in things. Instead of you thinking and stressing and thinking you're going to change it with staying up late at night and not sleeping. That doesn't do anything. But that moment that you just rest at ease and say, God, I believe you. I trust you. God, you know. Oh, God, you know. Oh, God, you know. Desvelándose, hermanos. Pensando mucho en algo que tú no puedes controlar. No va a cambiar nada. No cambia nada. Puedes dormir en paz. Si tu confianza es que Dios tiene el última palabra. When you start to think that God has the final say is when you just say, okay, God. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if you're creating something in me. You're doing something in me, God. You're trying to show me something. But I know at the end of everything, it's going to be perfect. Because if you have a plan, you usually execute it till it's perfect. You know how much I can carry. You know how much I can handle. Your word says you will never give me more. So if I'm in it, I'm in it. Sounds a lot easier to say it when you're not going through something. Amen. Because there wasn't too many amens when I said that. (laughs) So all y'all must be going through something. If we turn to Proverbs 19.21. Muchos pensamientos hay en el corazón del hombre, mas el consejo de Jehová permanecerá. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Brothers and sisters, when you want control, It's normally because your heart's not in control. You see, you want control because your mind tells you that your decisions and you doing it can take care of your what your heart's worrying about, what your heart's convincing you that you need to handle. What is that? What is that in your life? Muchas veces tu corazón, hermanos, es lo que está convenciendo a a ti mismo. No sé si si, si lo dije bien. ¿Te está convenciendo? 
convenciendo? Que si tú no pones acción, no va a cambiar. Si tú no haces algo, ¿qué diferencia, hermanos? Hay diferencia cuando Dios dice que, que para de, ya, ya, ya has, le has pedido, pedido a Él y todavía sigues pensando en Él. ¿Eso es fe? ¿Es fe eso? Es como le pedimos a Dios algo y con, con nuestra acción enseñamos que no lo creemos que lo puede ser. Eso no es común. It's interesting, brothers and sisters, we'll ask for something. You'll pray to God for something, and you doubt him because after you've asked him for it, knowing that he can do it, you doubt it because you keep on thinking about it. That shows our, where our faith is at. And it also shows that we want to have control because like Israel wanted a king, a physical king, not believing in the eternal king, Because they needed to see what other countries had. They wanted Israel to also represent. And this is what we saw also in the times of Moses. With the golden calf. Is that people have a struggle up to even today. In worshiping and believing in an unseen God. But the moment that we just trust and believe that God is God and he reigns over us is the moment that God shows up. It's the moment that God will work in your life. But our heart is what deceives us. Our heart is what makes us think like you need to get back in this. You need to have control. It's you. It's you. You're the one that's doing it. You're the one that needs to do it. God wants you to do it. Or even gets religious on you. Nuestro corazón siempre está queriendo convencernos que nosotros necesitamos estar en control. Es tu enemigo a veces. Te captiva en tus pensamientos. Pero el momento que vienes sobre tu corazón es el momento que, que le dices a Dios. Tú sabes Dios lo que necesito. Yo confío, Señor, que tú y solamente tú tienes el derecho en mi vida. I trust in you, God. I believe in you, God. I know that it's you, God, that has the final say in my life, God. It's you, God, that has control of my life, Jesus. Though I'm in the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Where is the want? What is the want in your life right now? Because the want is showing you that the Lord isn't your shepherd. Because when you say the Lord is my shepherd and I had wants, but he knows my needs before I have them. Your wants can be temporary. Temporary. In a few weeks, they change. 
It's like they tell you this, don't ever go shopping when you're hungry, huh? The grocery store. Have anybody ever heard that one before? ¿Has oído, hermanos, que no debes ir a, a las compras cuando tienes hambre? ¿A la tienda? Porque vas a comprar todo. Pero John, que no. Compra un, un hamburguesa para cuando vas ah, a ver más ganan unas cosas. Pero muchas veces el pedir de Dios es porque tenemos tanto hambre que no estamos pensando en lo que estamos pidiendo. Ni estamos preparando lo que estamos pidiendo. Dice la, la Biblia que debemos uh, hacer los, ¿cómo se dice? Los barns, storehouses. ¿Cómo? Bodegas. Preparar nuestras bodegas. Y a veces no pre preparamos esas cosas. Pero estamos pidiendo. ¿Dónde está nuestra fe ahora en la noche, hermanos? ¿En qué tenemos confianza más? ¿En lo que creemos que tenemos control o lo que sabemos que Dios tiene control? Amén. Si voltamos para Salmos 27.1. Jehová es mi luz y mi salvación. ¿De quién temeré? Jehová es la fortaleza de mi vida. ¿De quién He de atemorizarme. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We see David here, brothers and sisters. You see, David, he was a musician. They said he could play that harp like nobody's business. When he played, it's how God prepared him with Saul. But Saul couldn't sleep and he needed somebody to calm him. But you see, David would find himself writing songs and how he trusted God, how he believed in him. You see, David understood things that were beyond his age. And we can understand things that are beyond our ages when we start to see God for who he is in our lives. When God opens up a path for you, brothers and sisters, and you acknowledge him and you say, God, you opened, you opened up this path, God. I didn't do anything. I just, I stood here and watched you, Father. I believed in you. I did do that. I believed in you, God, but you did it. And for that, I honor you, Jesus. For that, I give you the glory. You see, David gave everything, every, every accomplishment that he had, he gave credit to God, knowing that God was who did it. Such a young man with struggles And you see here that he had the confidence in God above everything. What are you going through? What are you pursuing that God has told you to stop chasing? What are you trying to change that God doesn't want you just to worry about it anymore and allow him to take control? 
I love a preaching that Pastor had broke or brought up many years ago that was accept the things that what? You can't change. Some of you are trying to fix things that only God in time is going to fix. You're not. So let God fix it. And you move on to fixing yourself. I'm depressed because of this. I'm angry because of this. Again, brothers and sisters, when you go through this path, the stench from attitudes, the stench from your belief, the stench that you give out is not worthy to God. It says it gives him a bad smell. I think the Bible even uses a term like dead flies. So we must come back to our senses and understand whatever is making us focus on things, we must redirect them to focusing on God. Debemos, hermanos, enfocarnos más en Dios, no en las cosas que no podemos cambiar. Ya las cosas que no puedes cambiar. ¿Qué son cosas que no puedes cambiar? ¿Eh? Ya tienes ganas y estás pensando en cosas cuando eras niño. Cosas que te faltaron cuando eras un joven. Ah, que no me hizo esto. Mi, una vez no, no tuve cumpleaños que no me dio mi padre y mi, mi padres. Y por eso me siento así. ¿No sabes quién estoy hablando? Todos están buscando. ¿Qué en el sentido? Pero su, sufres con sentimientos. Some of you guys are, 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 are holding on to stuff and you have gray hairs and, and you're holding on to a missed birthday when you're a, a child. Oh, it's just because my parents didn't love me. Let it go. Get over it. It's what's holding you back from doing what God wants to do in your life. There's things that we are holding on to, thinking that we're going to fix it by holding on to it. It's the moment we let it go and we let God heal it. It's powerful. I love the testimonies that I've heard of people that let go of things before in the past and you've seen, you've seen God work in their lives. The testimonies here are tremendous. But there's some that secretly hold on to things. They're damaged inside from some things that they don't want to let go. Tonight's your opportunity to let go, amen. Ephesians 1.11 En él digo en quien asimismo tuvimos tuvimos suerte Habiendo sido predestinados conforme al propósito del que hace todas las cosas según el consejo de su voluntad. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, brothers and sisters, I don't know how you wake up in the mornings, but sometimes when we wake up in the mornings, we don't feel like much has been predestined. 
until we actually have our first cup of coffee. But there has been a plan in your life. What you do daily does not define you. Your body and aches and pains do not define you. God has something tremendously planned for you. I'm talking to Brother Renee yesterday. And I know that brother suffering through depressions and all this stuff. And the brother tells me the testimony of the doctor. That told him that he changed his life. By his testimony. Trusting in God. The doctor tells him. I didn't believe in God. Until I met you and knew all the things you went through and heard your your praise towards him. And I had to look into who this God was. And I just want to thank you. Brother Renee's telling me that story yesterday and I could see the emotion from him. And I'm over here thinking is, what if that was everything you went through was to get to that doctor? That doctor that might travel around the world and talk about what he learned from what you went through. Would it be worth it? You see, brothers and sisters, we don't understand what predestined means. There's a plan before you, you were born. There's a plan that God had for you. Now, the thing is, we got to give them control so it can be fulfilled. Some of us, it's just dormant. Some of it, it's just, it's waiting till we say, God, water it so the seed can burst. Are we prepared to let go of the steering wheel and let him take control? Psalms 115.3, I'm going to ask the musicians to pass on up. Psalms 115.3 reads, Y nuestro Dios está en los cielos. Todo lo que, que, todo lo que quiso, ¿qué? Listen, look what David wrote here. What a powerful statement, right? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatever Whatsoever he hath pleased. You see, David understood who was in control. David understood for him to be in control, he could not have a want in his life. Because that want would take him off the path that God had for him. And we can see that with David. When he failed God, it was because of his want. Our prayer should be God. Put out that fire that feeds the want in me. Because I want you to guide my path. I want you, God, to be in control. Even though I'm scared, God, even though even though I feel alone, God, I know you're with me, Jesus.
even though it's lonely, Jesus, I know as long as I have you, I have everything. You think about this, brothers and sisters. For some of you that pray for your families, what if it's you? What if it's you that's holding it? Better make sure you're holding on to him. We pray for our families, but we don't understand that we need to pray that our grasp holds on even tighter. Because one day our family will look for the lighthouse that we are following. We must hold on, brothers and sisters. Amen. Why don't we stand up, brothers and sisters? I'm going to ask us to read together Matthew 19, 26. Vamos a leer juntos, hermanos, Mateos 19, 26. Let's read it in English here, brothers and sisters. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. En español, hermanos, y mirando los Jesús, les dijo, para, para con los hombres imposible es esto. Mas para con Dios todo es posible. I don't know what it is that holds us down. I don't know what it is that makes us suffer. If it's something psychological, if it's something physical. But I know one thing that I see what David went through both psychologically and physically. And yet he always came back to God and trusting him. A man after God's heart. I want us tonight, brothers and sisters, to pray. I want us to pray that we learn what we keep on holding on to and thinking we're in control of. You're not in control of your kids. You better give them to God. You're not in control of your kids. You think you're in control of your kids. I'm sorry. You got a long journey for you of just heartache. You might be able to tell them things when they're at the house, brothers, and they need to listen, and absolutely. But it's God. It's God only that will be in control of their heart once they find him. We cannot change things, but what we can do is trust in God to do it. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. We're grateful, Lord, for your love and your grace towards us, Lord. We ask, Father, that if there are things in our lives, Lord, that we continue to grab the steering wheel from you, Jesus, we continue to believe, Jesus, that you aren't taking us down a path, Lord, and we just disrespectfully, Lord, doubt that you've heard our prayers, Lord. As you work in our lives, Lord, as you... Prepare our path, Father, that we can trust in you more and more, Jesus, and less and less in us. That we give you control, Lord, because we trust you, Jesus. The experience that we've had up to now, Lord, and struggles that we've had is because we have grabbed the steering wheel, Jesus, in moments where we should have just passed it to you, Father, and sat back 
and known, Lord, that you were going to take us to what was predestined for us. I ask, Lord, that you put this peace and confidence in our lives, Lord. This confidence, Lord, of what it is to give you control, Lord, and what it is to trust you. Many of us think we have trust and that you're in control, Lord, but yet we doubt you when we grab the steering wheel, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to learn through your word and not be taught through experiences that we have to go through. We're humbled right now, Lord, because we're in your presence, Lord, knowing that you are a God, Lord, that has been faithful through the ages. And we trust in you, Lord, and we believe, Lord, that our prayers are heard by you, Jesus. We're not going to be naive and say our prayers will be answered, Lord, because sometimes our prayers are not your will, Father. But we ask, Lord, that your will be done. And then we believe that however your will is done, Lord, that it was done with love for us, Jesus. Bring peace in this uncertainty in our lives, Lord. And as as those three young men got thrown in the fire, Jesus, they understood that they were going to be burned, Father, but they were going to be faithful to you, Jesus. Help us to have this faith, Lord, that no matter what happens, that we trust in you, Jesus, with everything. We thank you, Lord, for everything you show us, Lord. And we ask that we get closer and closer to you always in our life, Jesus. Bless my brothers and sisters, Lord. Protect them. Heal those that are struggling with sicknesses, Father. Both physically and spiritually, Lord. And bless your church, Jesus. That we may get closer to you, Lord, but at the same time bring others to you, Father. Sometimes we don't bring people because people see that Through our actions, we doubt you, Lord, because we are in control of our own things instead of giving you control of things. So we ask for forgiveness, Lord, and we ask for new beginnings and new opportunities to testify of who you are, Jesus. With this, we say we love you, Lord, and we say amen. 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 Praise the Lord.